You're listening to Redefined the Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mahalik, leadership coach, human design mentor, and status quo disruptor. This podcast is dedicated to stepping outside of the boxes the world tries to put us in and finding new ways to see and experience life and business. Each week, we'll push the boundaries of the way things have always been and explore new ideas around how to create our most soul-aligned and pleasure-infused lives. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to myself and my guests as we understand life through our own unique lived experiences. I'm always open to your thoughts and perspectives and welcome any feedback should you have any. Thanks for being here and let's dive in as we redefine life, business, and spirituality one conversation at a time. Hello, hello, hello. I'm excited to be here with you today as I dive deep into some of the languaging that I use in my work, specifically around embodiment and embodied leadership, because I think that these are buzzwords. They're kind of like the cool kids on the block right now. Um, as tends to happen in coaching spaces, right? And so we see these certain concepts of things like come in and out of the coaching world, come in and out of spiritual and healing and transformational spaces. For a while, everything was all like the feminine, right? Divine masculine, divine feminine, divine feminine this, divine feminine that. And everybody suddenly was like an expert in divine feminine energy. Um, and I feel like right now, one of the things that is we're talking about a lot is embodiment and embodied leadership. And what exactly does this mean? What exactly does it look like? And, you know, it's not really that when we have these buzzword or these like hot topic kind of things that are going around the industry that any of these things are wrong or bad, obviously, like embodied leadership is a core part of my business, right? I'm very often well known for my human design work, but it really is um, embodied leadership coaching and the somatic work that I do that creates epic shifts for my clients and for myself and the people I work with. And so for me, when I talk about embodiment, embodiment is really about actually being the person who is the literal, like living example of the work that you present to your people. Um, For me, it's stepping into that role of like my six line in human design, which is the role model where I get to go first as a leader and I get to be the proof of what is possible for you. And so when I talk about embodied leadership, right, for me, this is a more innately feminine approach to leading that really bucks against systems of patriarchy and bro culture that we're so used to seeing in business, right? Um, Now, some people call this like feminine-based business. Some people call it pussy-led business. And for me, it's just about the embodiment of it all, right? And it's about using like less of the structure and strategy, not that structure and strategy are bad, we'll get there in a little bit, but really leaning into your intuition and your empathy and creating businesses that put people over profits. Shocking, right? (laughs) Um, But if we put people over profits and kind of rewriting the story that 
it's a it's an either or here that you can either serve the people and martyr yourself and your energy and your wealth in the meantime and be more of like a nonprofit sector, right? Be more of a, a charity where we're giving and we're prioritizing people or that you have to prioritize profits and go like full on Jeff Bezos and like fuck all of the people, we're here to make money. And so I believe that we can put people over profits without having to martyr ourselves or our wealth in the meantime, right? We get to have an and both here. We can value humans at all of the intersections of their humanity and their identities, and we can make a fuck ton of money. And we can do it while raising kids, while running households, having thriving relationships, right? We get to be whole ass humans outside of the hustle and grind of our businesses. And it is mind blowing still to this day to me that like this is an odd concept, <laughs> that this concept is something that steps outside of the status quo. Um, but it's also not surprising because we live in a capitalistic society that is run by, you know, patriarchal uh, white supremacist uh, principles at its core. And so, you know, deconstructing um, our internalized misogyny and our internalized patriarchy and our internalized racism uh, within our businesses is part of what it takes to step out of bro culture. It's part of what it takes to step into embodied leadership. And so when I think particularly about embodied leadership, right, it's really this idea of people over profits. It's about seeing people for who they are and for where they are in their lived experiences. And this is something that is like a very sensitive subject for me often because when I came into this industry back in 2017 and I was first looking for like, who am I going to work with? Who are the leaders that I want to be a part of their communities? Who are the people who are going to help get me from this place where like I am a single mom, I'm like barely making ends meet. I have this huge goal and dream that I just know I can tell, right? I'm a defined G center. If you're, if you're a human design knower here, um, I'm a defined G center. I knew what was for me. I knew I could see, I could, I had prophesied my success, the business and the life that I am running and living now. Like I saw that three years ago, three and a half years ago, back in 2017, back even as early as, you know, January of that year, where I remember standing in my house, um, I was, my court date for my divorce was about three weeks out. And I was like, fuck, like, what am I going to do here? I have barely worked in like a decade. I worked basically at Starbucks um, for fun because I wanted free coffees and um, I like wanted human interaction. So like in between having babies, sometimes I would work maybe eight hours a week there. I had done work as a doula um, and I loved birth work so much, but I knew that there was no way as a single mom that I was going to be able to take on a full load of of maternity clients. There was absolutely no freaking way. How was I going to leave my three very little kids in the middle of the night with like no partner, no one else in the house. I had unreliable childcare. When you leave to go to a birth, you don't know if you're going to be gone for four hours or if you're going to be gone for 24 hours. And I've had both happen. So like that didn't really seem sustainable. Um, 
I was fairly active and successful in network marketing, but it wasn't enough to like run my whole household. And so I had no idea what I was going to do. And I remember standing there and I listened to a sermon by Stephen Furtick um, called Hello from the Other Side. And it had been the New Year's Eve uh, sermon that he did, Elevation Church. And I remember bawling my eyes out because it was about like crossing over into the promised land and I felt like I was in this moment where I was like, I was in that land in between where like I was leaving the desert behind me, but I hadn't quite crossed over into the promised land. And like that analogy, just like it felt so deep in my bones, right? That was like, I could see the promised land. I could see across the river, but I had no idea how I was going to get there. And I needed providence. I needed something to come on my side and, and support me. And so in the meantime, I was wandering around the desert, right? And I was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do. And I had the vision. I had the vision. I remember it was snowing outside. I can put myself right back in that moment that like I was made for more. I was made for more than just being a good housewife and a good mother. I was made for more. And I could see it. I could see I'm here to help people. I knew this in my bones. And I knew that there was a way that I could do it. There was a way that I could build it for myself that did not require me to sacrifice everything else I valued and loved in my life. Like, homeschooling my children, being a stay-at-home mom and raising them and being there for their lives, um, doing things that I fucking hated, right? Taking shitty jobs. I had never really had really great jobs um, since I was younger. Um, when like my first job, my first real job that I got when I was 15 um, at a hair salon, I stayed there till I was in my early 20s. I adored that job. I loved it. I loved the people. But since then, I had just been doing things that whatever it was that I had to do in order to make money, right? So I bartended. Um, I worked in a doctor's office. Like I said, I worked at Starbucks. And the passion project, the birth work that I loved, um, I that wasn't sustainable for this new lifestyle. And so, but I knew that there had to be another way. And so even going back there, I had this vision. I could see it when I finally realized coaching was going to be the path to that later on that year, when I officially launched my business in October of 2017, I was looking at people like the Amanda Francis's who, you know, had just had like her first million dollar year, I think maybe. Um, and like the Jen Casey's and the Angie Lee's and the people who, you know, were doing six figures, multi six figures in their businesses. And I was like, that can be me. I get to have that. And I could see it. And I knew in my bones that it was meant for me. I, even though I didn't know how I was going to get there. So as I was looking around and I was shopping people's communities and different coaches and getting on sales calls, trying to figure out who the hell was going to be the person to help me take this vision and make it into reality. I encountered some sleazy ass out of integrity sales tactics where I became a number. And it was so apparent, right? As a single mom struggling to make ends meet, who walked away from her marriage with like basically my clothes and my furniture essentially right i didn't have a nest egg of savings or anything that i took with me i didn't have a big cash payout um and i was 
nannying my friend's kids. I was doing promotional modeling for liquor companies. I was cleaning Airbnbs. I was doing whatever I had to do that allowed me the freedom to build my business and take care of my kids and live my life on my terms and just like hustling in all of these little side hustles. And, you know, I live in Metro Detroit. Again, I have three kids at this time who are very little. Um, And if you know anything about Detroit, you will know we are the Motor City, right? So there's not mass transit here, really. Um, We have a really kind of like crazy bus system that like I would not get on if my life depended on it. Um, But, you know, I got on a call with a coach and she told me when I told her that I didn't have the money to enter into her high ticket program, instead of selling me down into something or telling me about a group program that she had or what free resources she could offer, any of those things, she instead proposed that I consider uh, taking out a credit card to which I told her I had no credit um, because when I was married, nothing was really in my name. So I had like zero credit at this point. Um, And that then that I should sell my car. Um, what, excuse me, did you miss the part about where I live in Metro Detroit and I have three kids and I need a fucking car to do anything. And that felt terrible. And it felt terrible for years. Every time I got on a call with someone and they were very hot and heavy for me, they loved me. They loved my energy. They wanted to check in and see how I was doing. They wanted to offer me support until we would get on the phone and I would tell them that I did not have money to give them. And then they would disappear. And I felt like a number. And I felt like, does anybody ever really want to help me? Is anybody actually interested in me and supporting me? Or are they just interested in padding their bank accounts? In being able to go out and say that they're having these wins, that they signed another client for however many thousand dollars, that, you know, their revenues are six, multi six, seven figures. Does anybody actually give a fuck about the clients that they're working with? Or do they only give a fuck about the metrics and the numbers that they then get to go advertise to call in more people to help them raise their numbers? And this was concerning to me. Like, Is anybody else concerned with this? Is anybody else concerned with coaches who pressure you to make decisions on the sales call? All of these old school, hyper-masculine, bro-culture business techniques, right? That demand that you make a decision on the call and that you hand over your credit card. Well, as somebody who does human design, like that is so out of integrity. For me, it's not even funny. Particularly if I know that I have a client who is an emotional authority, Um, a mental projector, a reflector, right? Some of these authorities that need more time, right? Um, You know, like an ego manifester, an ego projector that need more time to figure things out. Now, if I know that you're sacral or splenic, I may urge you to feel into your body and to tap into what is feeling correct for you or, or right for you or your desires or what's healthy for you in that moment based on your authority, but I'm still not going to make you pay me and hand over a credit card on the phone or tell you that like, if you don't decide and get in right now, I'm going to close the door and not work with you. I'll urge you that like for instant authorities, that the first thing you feel your first instinct is usually the correct instinct, right? Um, 
but you still get the time and space and the room that you need to make that decision and to have conversations and to consult your finances and to have your feelings about it. Because no matter what your authority is, when we're coming out to our edges and we're making really big moves, we're going to have feelings and we're going to run into open center patterns, right? Where our trauma and our conditioning are going to come forward. We're going to have visceral reactions and feelings in our bodies that we need to calm and bring to neutral so that that way we can and make sure that we're operating from our authority and not from our trauma, our patterns, our open centers, right? And so this idea of like, you have to give, give me the answer on the phone right now, like that was an old school technique that like, I just can't even with the idea of encouraging people to take out loans, to borrow money, to take out credit cards specifically for uh, my coaching. Now, if you want to do that, that's a-okay. I do not have any shame or stigma around people um, going into debt, as particularly if you're running a business. This is a business expense. And oftentimes, businesses need startup capital. Businesses need to take out loans. This is a normal part of business. And so I don't really have any beef against borrowing money, taking out credit cards, doing a, a, you know, a, a loan to get into coaching. But... That needs to be your individual choice. I'm never going to suggest that. I'm never going to push you to do that. That needs to be a decision that you come up with, that you're like, your internal compass is saying, I desire this and I'm going to do whatever it fucking takes to make sure that I get this, whatever it takes, right? Like that's up to you to decide that for yourself. That is not up to me to try and push you in that direction so that that way you can then like take out that loan and go into debt and then hand it over to me, right? You, how you get your money is none of my fucking business as the coach, right? That all, the process of how you get the money to pay for my services is a hundred percent up to you. It's not my job to pressure or force you into that, you know, how, how that happens for you. Um, and then the idea just of like selling your cars and things like that, like, I mean, do we even need to talk about that? Do I even need to go even further on like why that is like super fucked up and we're supposed to be healers. We're supposed to be helping people. And like, yes, we are businesses. So we need to have boundaries and we need to have standard operating procedures and we need to know how to sell and all of these things. And they aren't inherently bad, but when our sales and our marketing and our messaging dehumanize our people and turn them into projects or numbers or revenue to be made, as opposed to viewing our people as people, as whole ass humans that come with a multiple different intersections of their identities, right? We've got like race, ethnicity, gender, sexuality, education, um, you know, fi finances, um, We've got all of these different intersections of which a person brings to the table and are we making them feel held and seen in all of them? And for me, this is such an important part of embodied leadership is taking this more feminine approach that brings in compassion and intuition that allows us to see 
people as people and prioritizes that over our profits. And this is why I have built my business the way that I have, where I make sure I have tons of free value out there so that if somebody comes to me and they say, I love you in your work and I know you could change my fucking life, but like, I don't have any money right now. Cool. Go take the dozens of hours of free courses that I have in my Facebook community for free, really like do them as if you paid for them. Show up for those as if you would show up for a $10,000 program that you bought. Show up that way, take the advice, take the information, implement the fuck out of it. Use the free Facebook group to ask me questions, to get clarity around things, to ask for consultation. That's what the Facebook group is for, is for you to come and have conversations around what you're struggling with and how I can support you. Do that in the correct spaces, utilize that and get the wins from that. That alone is going to help get you further so that maybe you can get to a place where you're able to begin investing in yourself, right? But the problem is, is that we just start signing up for all of the freebies and all of the places and we're not actually implementing. We're only taking in the information without any of the integration. And that's such an important part right? But I want to always make sure that that's available to people. So if that's where you're at, that's great. I'm going to direct you there. I also run a lot of low ticket programs. And for so many years, I had so many of like the high ticket coaches try and money mindset, the idea that I wanted and valued accessibility in my business. Um, They made that a bad thing. It was a money mindset problem. Um, My inability to charge a higher price for my programs was actually me not valuing myself. I was martyring myself because I felt bad about um, making tons of money and other people like receiving money, all of these different things. And actually like that was not it at all. I just am not here to build a business that is that the backbone is high ticket coaching. That's not me. If that's you, if you are somebody who is here to do high level, high touch, high ticket coaching, like more power to you. We need people at all levels of the spectrum. We need people to serve everyone in all of the different places, but we also can't make high ticket coaching like the holy grail, the one and only way that we do things. I haven't had one-on-one clients for about, uh, I don't know, just shy of six months now. I have stopped taking one-on-one clients. And I actually am not even really doing human design readings anymore. Um, It's very rare. I only, I never advertise them. I never really put them out there for people to buy on a very rare occasion. I will open up a handful of them. Um, But for the most part, the only way you get a reading with me is if you have somebody who has recommended you and you reach out to me. And I typically book, you know, two to four weeks out for that. Um, And they're fairly, you know, and they're not cheap. I'm not going to lie. Um, and that is because that's not where I want my work to be. And so if you want to have that level of access to me that nobody really has, like that's a big deal for me because I keep my focus 
on creating spaces that are more accessible to more people, right? So I have low ticket offerings. Um, most of my programs are $1,200 and under, uh, with the exception of my redefined certification, which is around $2,500-ish, depending on which option you choose. It might be a little under or over that. Um, and then my, my mastermind, right? Which my embodied mastermind is a higher level, higher touch container meant for a different level of woman. So I have like this sliding scale of offerings that like, I have programs that are in the hundreds of dollars. I do master classes that are in the tens of dollars. So like, whether it's free, whether you're paying 44 or $77, whether you're going to pay $333, whether you're going to pay 997, 1200, 2500, 6000, right? We are all across the board in the ways that you can work with me and in the price points. And so for me, this felt really, really good as a way that it like, it kind of took the price objection off of the table because no matter where you are, there's something for you. And while you may not be able to access one program, I definitely have something. I have some way that you can work with me, some way you can get in my energy, some way that you can actually get into my brain and, and get me to answer a question for you at every level, including free. And this is so important. And like, maybe you're the Chanel of, of coaches and that's fine. Maybe you're the Lamborghini, right? And that's cool. You go do you, but we can also be the target, right? We can also be, you know, the, the Trader Joe's. None of them are bad, right? None of them are more superior. For me, part of being an embodied leader is knowing who you are, who you're here to serve, and what it is you're here to do, and like never backing down on that. Not letting other coaches, not letting other people gaslight you into thinking that you're doing it wrong and that their intuition on your business or how they see your business is more important or better or more successful than your own vision. And this is like my defined G-Center writing in hard here is that like, you know yourself, you know your vision. I know what I saw for myself and what I prophesied for my life in that kitchen on that January morning that I told you about, I knew, and even though I didn't see it very clearly and I didn't know what exactly it was going to look like, it had a frequency. It had a vibration that sat in my body that I knew. And anytime anything came into my space or I had an option to create or move or niche or sell or message or do whatever coach in a way that did not match that frequency and vibration that I had planted in me by God, right? It didn't match up. And I felt that. And I had so many people try and steer me otherwise, right? But embodied leadership is not about giving the 10 steps that I took in my way so that you can replicate me, embodied leaders don't create mini-me's. Embodied leadership is not about replication, the way that standard capitalistic business culture is, 
right? Which says like, this is the SOP. These are the 10 easy steps. This is how we created success. And so we're going to replicate this on and on and on and on and on and on and on, right? The replication is not a part of embodied leadership because embodied leadership is about knowing who you are and supporting other people in who they are, which is different than you. We're all bringing different things to the table. We all have a different design. If you're a generator, a projector, a manifester, a reflector, a Manny Gen, you are bringing different things to the table. If you have defined centers, undefined centers, completely open centers, you're bringing different things to the table. If you are black, white, Asian, Pacific Islander, native, um, indigenous, if you are, you know, uh, Hispanic, like whatever race or ethnicity or cultural background you're bringing to the table, that matters and you are different. If you are male, female, um, queer, straight, cis, trans, uh, non-binary, gender non-conforming, straight, gay, bi, uh, poly, like you're bringing all of that to the table. If you're an emotional authority, a sacral authority, a splenic authority, you're bringing that to the table. Your educational background, your financial status, the financial status you grew up with, the neighborhood you grew up in, the country you grew up in. Because coaches, newsflash, we're operating internationally, most of us, worldwide. We're bringing this to the table. We bring all of the different intersections of who we are physically, humanly, experientially, energetically. We bring these different pieces of who we are to the table. And that is what creates us as a person. And in human design, I think it's too often forgotten that we're not just charts in a software. We're not these 2D computer renderings of our energy. We are also humans with lived experiences. And those intersections of who we are and how we have lived, and that is just as important and as much of the conversation as the charts are. And so embodied leadership is about learning how to be in energy mastery of yourself, learning how to hold space for yourself and hold yourself up and steady, doing your own work, your own healing, chasing after and creating and manifesting your own visions in a way that are absolutely true for you. And then being able to look out to your audience, to your clients, to your people and see them for who they are, which is different than who you are on energetic, human, you know, physical ways, emotional ways, spiritual ways. They are different than you and leading them to their truth to who they were created to be, not trying to wrap them into your way of doing things, your techniques, your tools, your business process, your structures, your strategies. It's helping other people to learn how to build their own, learn how to trust themselves. 
because I fully and deeply believe that the same way that I knew the vision and the frequency of the vibration of what I was going to create way back in January of 2017, I could feel the energy of what it's like to live and be here. And I just had to keep taking the next right step because I didn't know the way. I didn't know how. And I just kept taking the next right step to the next person, to the next mentor, to the next program, to the next creation, to the next client, to the next side hustle, right? And I did what I had to do. And I just kept going because I was so locked into that because it was so clear to me that that was for me. And I just kept following it. And so as coaches, it's not our job to make someone else follow our vision. It's our job to help other people find their vision and find their way to creating that, finding their next right step. Because the next right step is not universal. It's individual. And so my next right step at a certain fork in the road is not going to be your next right step. And embodied leadership respects that because it knows that full embodiment, fully stepping into your own work, your own healing, your own process also requires us to respect other people's process and other people's healing and other people's needs and desires that are different than ours. And I think that that is what makes embodied leadership so beautiful. And that is why it's so maternal because it leaves the space for creation and gestation because it requires consent, because it requires love and empathy and compassion. And this is the way I have built my business. This is why so many of my clients tell me how they are, they feel so seen and so heard and so held in my spaces because we're not forcing. It's why I feel so seen and loved and held in the spaces that I pay to be in because I only work with other embodied leaders. I only work with people who are here to respect the feminine essence of creation, who are here to value me at all of the intersections of my own humanity and everything I bring to the table, right? That I bring to the table that like I am a single mom and I'm raising my kids 50% of the time. I'm running an entire household. It's just me. And that brings a whole different set of pressure and mindset stories and all sorts of things that some people who are not single moms don't have, right? Um, and so this is an important conversation. And I'm excited to hear what you think about embodiment and what it means to be an embodied leader, how you are showing up as an embodied leader in your spaces. Are you living and walking and, you know, walking your talk? There are so many coaches out there who don't walk their talk, who talk a big game and are really good at marketing and messaging, really good at client conversion and sales, 
but inside of their containers, they can't hold themselves, let alone their clients. Or they're selling you undefined feminine energy, but they have a strict structure. And structure's not bad. We need structure. We need strategy. We need that masculine essence, those more masculine pieces. And I am fully aware and just going to call out the heteronormative languaging here. Um, but we need these more structural and strategic pieces in our businesses to hold the more creative, the more fluid, the more feminine energy. And so it's an and both always, right? Always an and both. Just like we can care for the person and we can still make hella profits, right? We can have pleasure and play and we can also run serious, respectable businesses. We always get to be in the and both, never the either or. And for me, that's a core belief of embodied leadership, right? Is that I get to see you as a person. I get to see you as a human. I get to care for you. I get to attend to you. I get to love you well. And I also get to lead you. I also get to show up for you in a way that activates and catalyzes your growth, right? Because we're not holding space just for our funk and just for our fear and just for our, our struggle. We're holding space for the transformation. And so we need both. Because we're not here to like ram you forward in ways that don't feel good because that just ends up being unsustainable. This is when people's nervous systems crash out. This is when people burn out, when things don't feel good. Because we're not meant to do business like that. We're meant to be in pleasure. We're meant to play. We're meant to do it in a way that feels energetically in alignment for us, that reflects our values and the things that matter most to us. What matters to you? What's important to you in your business? What's your big vision? And are you doing that? Or have you been convinced by the industry that you need to be doing something else and that the way that you really want to do it isn't the way and won't work? Let me be your permission slip that I built a six-figure business tracking to easily multiple six figures this year in 2021 the way that everyone told me I couldn't. Doing low ticket, no high ticket one-on-ones. My highest offer is 6000 before that, it was 2,500. That I built my business on accessibility and on compassion and I was still able to hit the numbers. I was still able to hit that holy grail, $100,000 a year, right? In January, I had a $62,000 sales month. It's still March. We're not at a Q1 yet. And I have $75,000 in new sales for 2021 added to the 50-ish 
in contracts that I brought with me for sales I made in 2020 that haven't been paid out yet. I'm already, it's the end of March and I'm already guaranteed by six figure year. If I did nothing else, if I sold nothing else from this point forward for the year, if I made not one new sale and I made not one new program, I would be finished with all of my programs in July and I would still make over $125,000 this year. the way that no one told me I could with no high ticket one-on-one. So let me be the permission slip. Let me be the proof that you can do it your way. You can do it high ticket. You can do it low ticket. You can do it one-on-one. You can do it group. You get to do it your way. You can work 40 hours a week. You can work 10 hours a week. I like to work 10 hours a week. It's up to you. You get to create it. What does that look like? And how do you support your people in creating it their way? What if we let go of all of the ideas of the status quo of what business is supposed to look like, about how much we're supposed to work, about what that work is supposed to be structured like, about how we're supposed to sell? What if we let go of all of that and we started from scratch? What would you build? What would it look like? Let's continue the conversation over on Instagram um, because I want to hear what you have to think, what you have to say and what you're thinking um, and what embodied leadership looks like to you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Redefine the Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, head over to iTunes and leave a review. And now that you've heard what I have to say, I want to hear your thoughts. Let's continue the conversation over on Instagram or in my free Facebook group, Redefine the Community, where you'll find dozens of hours of free trainings and daily tips on human design, embodied leadership, and pleasure-based business and living. I've dropped the links in the show notes, so head there for all the ways we can continue to connect. See you next episode.